Good morning, but we're not, we're, we're online, we're not in service uh, in the building. So we're all at home, and hopefully, look outside your window. Is it snowing? I hope so, because that was our intent, that we would keep everybody safe. We looked at the forecast, and we tried to make the call. Um, if you could get the slides up for me. Yeah, so uh, this morning, I thought I'd start off, since, you know, hopefully you're all cozied up uh, on, your, on your family room couch, bring a little blanket up. I want to give us, start off with some Shiloh Church family updates, right? Did you ever have a family meeting? Um, sometimes, you know, we, we gather the kids together and just kind of make sure everybody's on the same page with what's going on. And they're like, I didn't know about that. When were you going to tell me? And it's like you talk to some and you forget that you didn't talk to others that ever happened to you. So now I'm talking to all of you, kind of letting you know what's going on so nobody can say you didn't know, all right? So next Sunday... We're going to have YWAM Boston here. They're going to be performing a Jesus drama. If you were not here, it was probably five or six years ago that they came. This is amazing. They they take over the entire stage. You won't see anything here. They redo it. They got a backdrop. They've got lights. They have their own sound, a whole troupe of of performers. And then they do worship, and there's a a close um, to to the whole time. So it is powerful. This is one... Bring your family, bring your extended family, invite your friends. It's next Sunday, normal time, 9.30. The following Sunday, Sunday the 21st, the elders are going to get up in front and we're going to share what God's been saying, you know, and and we've realized if you've been a part of Shiloh, usually whenever the elders get up front here and, and we're all addressing the body together, it's usually bad news. I hate to say it, but it's someone's leaving or there's some issue going on and we need to bring you know, a statement and, and we want to all be heard. But this time we've got like God has been speaking to us and, and it is cool. Like I, I look at, we started Remnant House of Prayer uh, last year, the end of last year, and it's almost like that's been an earpiece for some of us. And, and that's encouraged us as elders that we've had times of just prayer with the elders. And you know what? When you get together and you pray and you wait on God, guess what? He starts to talk. So we'd like to share some of that, what we're hearing in two weeks. So please uh, make a note of that for the 21st. And now I want to just show you a quick video. Take a look at this. What was your expectation? I expected to have a husband who would cook and clean and lead us spiritually and always be patient and be kind and also be a great leader. And she got it. (laughs) Get ready for the right of your life. I'm absolutely 100% convinced that we would absolutely be divorced were it not for the gospel. I think you can say that. They can always cut it. You can cut it. I'm going to say God wants to use you. Your life is a canvas. Jesus is the artist. He wants to create something beautiful. Okay, yes, we have a family life art of marriage uh, coming to Shiloh, January 26th and 27th. Guys, this is the best of the best. I know it's a video series, but if you've ever been to a family life uh, marriage conference in person or a weekend to remember, I've been, all the elders have been. Those are amazing. This is even a notch better. And why? Because typically when you go to a weekend to remember, you have two different couples. This, you have the best speakers across the entire country. And they have a way to put it together. Like you heard, just look at that and imagine being there and and just going through topic after topic, having time as a couple to talk with one another. It's $50 a couple. 
which is amazing. That's a, a great deal. It's going to be Friday night and a Saturday. We'll end by four. So more information and registration at shiloh.cc. When we tell you shiloh.cc, that takes you right to our What's Happening page, right? So it's not our homepage. It just takes you right to what's happening. But go to shiloh.cc. You'll see Family Life, Art of Marriage. I'm encouraging you to sign up. Let me be honest. I think a lot of us are waiting. Are we going to go? Are we not going to go? Like, you just need to get off your butt and make a decision and come, right? That's what you got to do. So many times people say, hey, I really want to have a good marriage. Then invest in your marriage. It's like getting your oil changed. Don't wait till your car seizes to decide to change your oil. Change it regularly. This is, this is just good marriage um, practice. Go, go, come to this marriage conference. We'd love to see you there. As well, how many of you, like, it's after Christmas and you're like, oh, my goodness, the bills are piling up. What did we do, right? Financial Peace University is for you. I have personally been through this course. We did it a number of years ago. Um, it's going to start February 4th before service, 8.15 to 9.15 a.m. This is a $50 uh, cost to Shiloh, but we're making it available for a $10 donation. So we don't want anybody not to come. We're even saying donation just because I, wanna, I want you to put skin in the game if you're going to come. But like if, if you don't have your finances in order, you're going to learn about budgeting. You're going to learn about investing. You're going to learn a lot of really cool things. I encourage you to come. It's, it's good stuff. So again, you got to go to Shiloh.cc, and you can register and find more information there. Next, did you know that we're remodeling the elementary class in the Life Center? And this is one of those times where you're going to be like, What? I did not know that. Well, that's why we're having a family time, right? I'm getting everybody on the same page. So how many of you have kids that are in the elementary class? I see those hands. Um, So elementary class used to be first through sixth. We changed it to first through fifth, trying to bring the class size down. But we're still running like 35 plus, right? There's gusts up to much higher than 35 (laughs) at times. Um, So we want to invest in a larger space. So let let me show you first... Uh, I'm going to give you a before and a rendering of after. So if you go downstairs in the Life Center, down you know the, the split-level entrance, and you come down the stairs, the first thing you see is that yellow wall. Well, we want to take that wall out, right? So you come down, and you're not staring at a wall. You're staring on the right side. It's an open space, and that's where the lobby is going to be. You can kind of see the bathroom door there. Um, then if I would spin around a little bit, you can see the rest of that lobby and, a, and an entrance to the left there uh, into the, the bigger classroom. And if you look at the right picture, that's showing you what it looks like if you walked up the stairs. So, you know, literally you're going to walk down the stairs and you're going to be in a nice open area where right now you walk down and you're, you're staring at a wall and all the parents have to kind of shove in that narrow hallway to get into the room. So what are we going to do with the room? Um, I took a panoramic the other day of the room, so I'm standing all the way at the front of the room, and you can see the lobby on the left, and you can see the little uh, barricade curtain. Usually that's all closed, and and the room size is about half of what it's going to be. So we're going to take that far wall down. We're going to take the dividing wall down, and it's going to be a large open room that not only will be great for Sundays, it'll be great for kids' camp when we we pack this place out. So, um, yeah, we're, we're excited about that. So how can you get involved? Well, some of you I've been texting and looking to put together some some work crews. We had a demo day last year so I could get a better idea of what we needed. We've gone for the building permits. They've been issued. Um, So 
January 13th is one workday. January 20th is another workday. I still need a few more people for the 13th and just a couple for the 20th. So, hey, email me, greg at shilohcommunity.church if you're willing to come help. It'll probably be in the morning, maybe early afternoon. Uh, you can also get behind us financially. You know what? I'm, I'm, we're doing a lot of it with volunteers, but it's probably still going to cost us uh, just a little south of $20,000 probably by the time we're all done. So if you'd like to get behind us uh, on the Give tab, you can pull down and see Life Center Remodel. So thank you for doing that. All right, have you enjoyed this family time? Maybe a little more up to speed. You know what's going on. So um, thanks for bearing with us. Now I want to get into the message this morning, and I'm calling it What's Your God Shot? And I'll be honest, I know you're thinking, what is a God shot? Don't worry. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to it. But I'm, I'm using that to kind of tease you so you have to listen for how I define it later on. But before we get into the message today, again, is it snowing outside? I just want to tell you how much I love snow. Right? I don't know about the rest of you, but I love to ski. I'm a first tracks kind of person. It just warms my heart to see the snow coming down. Um, so Maybe nine years ago, I don't know if you were living in New England then, but I remember this vividly because uh, the snow was coming so often and so much, like the sides of my driveway, the, 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 it was just so high, I had to cut it down because my snowblower couldn't blow over the side, right? So in the middle of that, there was a snow day once, and David was in high school at the time, so he decides he's going to burrow a big spot out of, of what's against the driveway, and he made... Um, a Snoopy doghouse with Snoopy on top of it. Now, this was back when I thought, you know, tweeting was birds singing in a tree, right? But he sends this as a text message to my extended family. My sister-in-law tweets it to Good Morning America. And no joke, Good Morning America puts David's Snoopy doghouse on their TV show. So would you like to take a look? Maybe it's inspiration for some of you kids out there. This is on the side of my driveway. He just took a big, you know, carved out a big section and made a Snoopy doghouse. So kudos to you, Dave. Um, kids, we get more snow. Maybe you, you, need a, you need a bunch of snow. This was a couple, couple of feet of snow there. Um, but as we get going, I want to remember and just tag back to last week when we had a message that, am I teachable? And I want to give you some personal updates this year about what am I doing, how, how am I leading by example, am I leading by example, and I, and I always try to do that. I think I might have mentioned last, last week that I've been reading the Bible through for a number of years, um, and I do it every year. This is actually going to be my 17th year doing that. Now, for, seven, for 16 years, I've always done a plan where you had an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, and a Psalm or Proverb every day. I'm changing it up, people. I know. You're probably shocked, right? Yes, I'm changing it up. I can, as an old dog, try something new. So I think I'd mention to you, I'm doing this new plan. If you go to the, to the Bible app, the Holy Bible, that's what it's going to look like. I'm doing a plan called Bible Recap with Tara Lee Cobble, and it's a, um, a chronological plan. So what's different about this is instead of having an Old Testament, New Testament, Solomon Proverb, you're reading through the Bible as things happened. So did you know you read Genesis 1 to 11, and then you switch to Job, because the story of Job happened 400 years after the flood. So in between Genesis 11 and 12 is the story of Job. So like you're kind of seeing how things unfold. It's, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, so I've been doing that plan, but not only am I doing a chronological plan that I've never done before. Now, I've got to give a shout out to my wife. Why am I doing Bible recap? Because Meg started to do it last year. 
And I'm like, what? how come you're not doing the same plan as I am? No, I wanted to do something different. So she's got a book called The Bible Recap. I've seen it all year on the screen porch inside. And then I saw it on my app this year as I'm looking for plans. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm going to try the same plan as Meg has been doing. So now we're back on doing the same plan together, and it's pretty fun. So thank you, Meg, for, for uh, taking that and doing that last year. So now, what translation do you read? Right? I've been reading New Living Translation for 16 years. Why? Because I, I go to the Christian bookstore occasionally, and I look at all the different translations, and I compare verses in one versus another for readability, and I just still love the NLT. But Tarly Cobble is, is talking out of the ESV. So my son Dan in Kenya says to me, Dad, if you're going to be doing a new plan that's chronological, why don't you change it up and do a new version? I'm like, Dan, that's heresy. Like, are you kidding me right now? You want me to change versions? People, I'm reading ESV. In fact, later in this sermon, you're going to see me put scripture verses from ESV. ESV. I know that's blowing some of your minds right now, but I am, I'm changing it up. So if I can be teachable, maybe you can be teachable, and you can try something new. Now, last week, I didn't say you had to read the Bible through in a year. I encourage you, hey, what does it look like to learn from God, maybe spending time with him? We had a testimony. You know, when life is crazy, maybe it's just while you're doing the dishes, you have something playing, and you're trying to worship, you're trying to pray. Like, just what's the intentional time you're taking with God each day? But I've always found personally that it's great to have a plan. That's just who I am. I understand everybody's not like me. Um, I like to have a plan. I like to be able to say, this is what I'm going to. Now, you know, Meg uses this in hard copy because it's easier for her. If she misses a day, it's just hard copy. You go to the next page and it's not like, oh, you know what? A missed day, a missed day, a missed day. When I miss a day, here's what I do. You might be shocked. I don't try to catch up. You might be going, what? But then you're not hearing the whole story. You know, I've been there, done that. I've tried to read a whole week's worth on a Saturday, and it's a killer. So if I miss a day, I just jump in the next day. Remember my story about anybody, you miss breakfast? What happens if you miss lunch? Are you convicted to have dinner by the time you get to dinner time, or are you just hungry to have dinner, right? I'd rather be hungry instead of convicted. So if I miss a day in a reading plan, I just go to the day that I'm on and for the previous day, I'll just go advance, 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 so I get the check mark, and then I can move on. So I don't let it bug me. It doesn't have to bug you. You could start a plan now, and maybe you're just going to read it from, what is this, January 6th? Maybe you're going to read it from January 6th this year to January 6th next year. It doesn't mean like, oh, I got to wait till the January 1 of next year. No, start in. Jump into whatever it is you want to do. So this is what we said last week. Um, it's an invitation, not an obligation. Right? I think God wants to work in all of our hearts that we would draw closer to him this year. All right, so let's jump into what's a God shot. Well, I'm using the language God shot because that's the language that Tara Lee Cobble, who wrote the Bible recap, that's her thing. She ends every, um, every time of reading with a video, and in her video, she talks about a God shot. Now, if you were here for, for kids camp, Kids camp, we, talk, we call it a God sighting, right? We are looking for God in the word. So I'm looking for God's character. I'm looking for his nature as I'm going through the reading for the day. And in this, in this plan, she's got a little video, like an eight-minute video at the end of every day where you watch it when you're done reading, and she gives you kind of a synopsis and helps you understand what you've read and then gives you her God shot and encourages you to, to get a God shot. Now, in her preview videos, she mentions, all right, a God shot is not an application or a to-do list. And I'm like, oh, 
Oh my goodness, that's what I've been doing for 16 years. I've been doing an application and a to-do list. Like I'm taking God's word and I'm applying it to myself. Okay, what am I going to do differently? What am I praying into? And she wants me to go in a totally different direction. And it's like, so I'm looking for God now. Like I've never looked for God in the scripture. And it really, it's, it's revolutionary. I mean, you can probably tell that I'm excited. This is, I'm jazzed by this. It's, it's working really well. She said, this is all about beholding, not about doing. Well, I'm a results-oriented person. I'm a doer. So for me, to, I still do, right? I, I, I can't help myself. I take the word I want to apply. What am I going to do differently? But now I'm also trying to behold. It's not wrong to do, but I also want to behold. God, what are you saying? What, what am I learning about your character as I read through the word? It, it is a different way of looking at it. So one of the things I've learned this week, so I told you we've been in Genesis, Genesis 1 to 11, and then we've been reading through Job. Every other time I've read Job, it's been like two chapters of Job, two chapters in a New Testament and a Psalm or Proverbs. So like you can always get a takeaway from one of the other portions because Job, all right, if you've read it before, it gets kind of long. It gets kind of tough. Here's another mind-blowing thing. In her, in this Bible recap plan, she sends you to the Bible Project videos. If you've never watched a Bible Project video, which I had watched some, but not on a book of the the Bible, these things are game changers. They're awesome. So you can just say, Bible Project Job. That's what I put in my search bar. You get an 11-minute video that gives you the history of how the book of Job was written and, and what's going on. It breaks it down into what God's doing, who the different friends are, and everything else. If you, if you uh, have ever read Job, like go back, take 11 minutes, it's worth it. Seriously, it's worth it. Let me know if you like it. Uh, it's outstanding. So last week, or this past week anyway, I think it was Wednesday, we started reading in Job, and man, it's just four or five chapters of Job a day, right? And I'm like, oh man, I've never, never just tried to read Job before, but now I'm looking for God. I'm not looking for a takeaway for me, I'm looking for God. So I might have mentioned last week that I like to read the Bible in community, so here's what I personally do. I've got a group of guys that I read with on the Bible app, and we do the talk it over. And then I have a group of women that I kind of, you know, they were scattered, and I said, hey, why don't you guys all start to read the same plan, and I'll be the facilitator and start off the text message, and then I get to see what are they learning. And you know what? It's really cool to see what guys take out of the word versus what women take out of the word. So it's just fun. I like to do this with my wife, too. What, what, are you, what did you get out of today? What did I get out of today, right? It's, it's just great. So husbands and wives, if you can do the same plan, I recommend it because it's, it's great conversation. But this week, and I asked for permission, um, one of the women in the group, Erica Nevue, if, if you know Erica, and she said I could say this, she put out a text that says it way better than I could say it, right? So, so I'm just going to, I asked her, can I read your text word for word? Because I called it a God revelation. And here's what she said. I've always struggled with Job. I felt like Tara Lee Cobble admitted that she did too after the first time reading the Bible all the way through and that she didn't like God in the Old Testament. Her challenge to stop looking for yourself and start looking for God is a total game changer that I didn't realize I needed. This time, instead of being bothered by the lack of an answer as to why God would allow such suffering for Job, I see God's sovereignty. I see how he put limits to the suffering. I see his redemption in the end. I see him show up and respond to Job instead of leaving him hanging and then reconciling. I see him being intimately aware of and involved in the details of Job's life. 
I see him prove voices wrong who try to simplify the scales of justice. I see him value faith that isn't dependent on what blessings he gives. And I see Jesus in Gethsemane and on the cross remaining obedient in the face of great suffering. Okay, guys, that is that just blew me away when I read that, right? That is, that's the perfect God shot of seeing God in the midst of, of what we're reading in Job. So now, for the, for the sermon, I really only want to give you two verses that I've read this week in Job. It's Job 1.1 and then Job 2.10. So Job 1.1 starts off with, there's a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. So as I looked at this, I'm like, all right, I would take the takeaway. All right, I got to fear God. I got to turn away from evil. But now I'm trying to look at it a little differently. How do I see God in the middle of this? Right, what was it that enabled Job to do this? Like, he must have had a view of God that's different than my view. Because you know what? I fear God, but I sometimes don't always turn away from evil, right? You with me on this one? You know, I, I, I think one of the things that came up in Remnant House this week was, do we hate our sin or do we just not want to sin? Because maybe sin's still in our life because we're not really hating it, right? It, it, it's not like we have the stench of sin in our life to the point where we're like, this is repulsive. I want to get rid of it. It's like, uh, I kind of like my sin. I just want to put it at bay, you know? There was something... Job had where he saw God and his sovereignty. He trusted God with such a trust. God showed up for Job. I mean, not only was he blessed in what he did, but then even when all of this happened to Job and his, you know, his, his, all of his sons and his daughters, they die. All of his cattle dies. All of his possessions gone like this, 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 this. And then he gets attacked with boils and his, his wife is saying to him, Job, just curse God and die. Like, that is any reasonable person would come to that conclusion. And Job says, you speak as one of the foolish women who would speak. Shall we receive good from God, and shall we not receive evil? And in this, Job did not sin with his lips. See, there was a picture of God's sovereignty that Job saw that maybe you and I are not seeing, right? That's what allowed Job to be blameless. That's what allowed him to fear the Lord and to turn from evil because he saw God's sovereignty. He trusted God in a way that I, I don't trust God. I, I want to trust God like that. I'm not trusting God like that right now. So what happens in the rest of the book? All right, I, I can't even get into it. It's too much. It's like an OMG moment. And it's disturbing. It's difficult. You, you hear... Job's friends come in and they're saying stuff that, you know what, like they're simplifying the message and telling Job, all this is happening to you because there must be some sin in your life. And Job's like, no, I don't have sin. I've, I've done everything I need to do. It's not me, guys. And, and there's this battle going back and forth. But the question I have for us is, is, if Job is a book about God's sovereignty and us trusting that God's justice makes sense when viewed from his perspective, it doesn't always look like that from our perspective. Do we see the sovereignty of God in our lives? Or are we getting stuck? I, I don't want to get stuck. I, I want to see God as God wants me to behold him, right? I, I want to see God move. But the, the best way I can describe it sometimes, is it's like I'm walking down a path and all of a sudden this boulder is in front of me that I can't get around on the left or to the right. I can't see over the top. It's just this big boulder. So what's the boulder? The boulder is a fear I have. The boulder is a relationship that's gone sideways. The boulder is something going on in my life that's just becoming all-consuming. And you know what? God... 
Where are you? I can't, I can't see around the boulder. So what does it look like to have an understanding of the sovereignty of God in the midst of there's a boulder stuck in your life? You know, when I think about it in a simple sense, if, if I'm on a path and there's a boulder, right, that's my perspective. I'm just seeing the boulder in front of me. It's larger than life. But God is like, he's up in the helicopter. He can see where I came from. He sees where I'm going. He sees the boulder in the middle, but like he sees it all. He goes up the mountain, down the mountain, where the trail goes, God sees it all. Can I trust him in the middle of the situation? Like Job had a boulder. His kids are dying. This is happening. That's happening. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to receive good from God. I'm going to receive evil from God. It's okay. There was, there was an amazing sense of God's sovereignty and amazing trust in God. So here's what I've chosen to do, right? I imagine a boulder coming up, right? It's this big round boulder, and I'm right there. I can't, I can't do anything. But if I take a couple of steps backwards, now I can actually look up and I can see God, right? The boulder's clouding me when I'm right up against it. But if I can take a couple of steps back and say, God, I need you. Lord, I, I want to take this boulder that I have. I want to give it to you, like That's powerful in my life. I think it's going to be powerful for all of our lives. So that's really the question I want to close with. What would it look like as as whatever read that you're whatever reading you're doing in the Bible, you look for God's character. So instead of a takeaway, which I kind of gave you a takeaway as well as God's character because I'm just learning, I I don't get it right yet. Um, What would it look like to look for God's character? But then let me ask you this question. Is there a boulder in your life that you need to step back from? Right? If, if you've been stuck, whether in reading the word of God or you've been stuck in a relationship where there's a fear or an anxiety or an addiction or, or whatever it would be that's just got you stuck in your relationship with God, what would it look like right now to just take a step back and say, God, I give this to you? You know, as I was praying about this message I thought, how, how are we going to make this work? Like, I can't ask for a show of hands and pray for you. I mean, you may raise your hand. God sees it, but I don't know. So here's what, I, here's what I felt like God told me to do. Do you have a piece of paper at home? Maybe a sticky note, index card. Rip a piece of paper off of an envelope that you're not using. I believe that God has boulders in our lives, and, and I would love for you to just to write down what is the boulder that you're facing. What, what is that thing in your life that is preventing you from seeing God right now? You're kind of stuck. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to write it down. Now, for me, if you want to know the safest place where I will never lose anything and I'll find it in 15 years, I put stuff like that in my sock drawer, right? Because I, I only take the socks out, right? And that's, that's a golden place for me to put stuff. Or maybe it's your bed, you know, your nightstand. But I want you to take this boulder that you're writing down. I want you to put it away that you're going to find it maybe months down the road. And you know, this is what we're gonna believe for today. As we're taking a step back and as we're giving this to God, I'm gonna expect God actually to move, right? I'm gonna expect him to to help you around this boulder, help you just like like he helped Job. And, And Job's story does not end with Job stuck. You can read the rest of Job. You can watch the Bible Project video. Job's story has an amazing ending. And for whatever we're stuck in, our Job moment or our Job boulder, right? God has an amazing ending for us. So, so today, if you write it down, you tuck it away, there's going to be a time where you find that note again, and you're going to be like, wow, God, you worked that out. 
Like that's solid. That that's a, like that's a time you take your note, you bring it to your small group, and you're like, hey, as we get going today, I got a testimony. Remember that message? I I wrote this on my sticky note. This is my boulder. I gave it to God, and now I saw God move. Now I can't tell you that's going to happen tomorrow. I can't tell you it's going to happen in a week or a month. It happens though. God answers our prayer. So whatever you've written down as your boulder, would you close your eyes as you're sitting on the couch or running after kids? Just take a moment. Let's, let's give these boulders to God. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, Job went through so much, and somehow he still saw your sovereignty, sovereignty and he trusted you. God, we want to be like that. We want to know that you've got us. Lord, you see your perspective is different than ours. So God, where we haven't trusted you, we say we're sorry. But Lord, today we want to take a step back. God, we've written some things down that we feel like we're stuck with, Lord. We're giving these boulders to you. Lord, whatever it is, a relationship, a a friendship, a financial issue, um, a character issue that we're dealing with, maybe it's anger, maybe we've got a, a fear, whatever. God, we give it to you. Lord, we write it down today, so we're marking this day, God. We're giving this to you, Lord, and we're asking you now, God, would you help us get unstuck? Holy Spirit, would you come and would you would you show us how to see you in the midst of the situation? God, we've been complaining when we need to be trusting. We should be praising you right in the middle of where we're at, God. Forgive us for all the things that we've complained about. God, when we point a finger at someone else, God, there's three pointing back at us. Lord, but we've been pointing those fingers, God. So forgive us, Father. Lord, help us to see you in the middle of our situations. And we trust you, God. I'm asking you in Jesus' name, Lord. Get, a, get us unstuck, God. Get us around these boulders. We, we believe you. We trust you for that. And we pray these things in, in your holy and precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today. Hey, take that little thing that you wrote down, or if you didn't take, if you didn't get up and write something down, get up now. Go write it down. Stick it in your sock drawer, wherever you put it. I want to hear your testimony. Right? Email me, greg at shallowcommunity.church. I'd love to get those emails. Um, So I'm praying you have a blessed day. Keep Jesus first. Um, He's where all the joy is. Amen. Take care. Have a great Sunday. Bye.